Hello and welcome to the Comedian's Paradise. This is a podcast where we speak to absolutely amazing and incredible people with unique personalities and insights from across the world that help comedians like you and me live the comedy journey on our own terms. Now, today's, well, we, I, I've got a special guest for you guys. No, not, not, not just one guest. I've got two guests, you know, two fish and chips here. We've got some amazing people. They, they're part of this lovely trio called the Lovely Boys because they're lovely boys, yeah, as your mum would say. Now, <laughs> we got Mikey and we got Joe Kent Wellers, an absolute comedy storm of music and love that will make you wet yourselves with laughter. Please welcome the lovely boys. Thanks, thanks, Marvin. Thanks so much, Marvin. Um, <laughs> you called us a trio. <laughs> I meant a double. I meant a double. You trying, to, you trying to get in? You trying to weasel yeah, into me? Uh... Yeah, of course, man. How did you know? It's Mikey, don't ruin it. Oi. Tell them. I didn't get an emotive behind all of this. Yeah. Of <laughs> I, I missed out on a couple of bits there, so sorry, Joe. It sort of froze out a bit. Oh, that's so that's so annoying. Just before we started, I was like, "Is my connection okay?" Yeah, and now yeah. it's playing up. And that's how it goes, isn't it? Uh, it was actually only just to say it's um it's Joe Kent Walters, uh, <laughs> not not uh, not Wellers, but yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, we're gonna right, we, we forget we, we'll restart in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my well, last name's Bly Smith as well. We, okay, let's <laughs> let's start it again. We'll start it again. I want to add a bit of comedy in the podcast, guys. We got you see this is clowning. We went to clown school. I wanted to add that element to it. Come on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That was> <laughs> we got, got Mikey Bly Smith and Joe Kent. Wellers, right? <laughs> no. Walters, 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 Walters. See, we got it again. See, we're doing the repetition of clown. You know, you keep repeating it. No, we have Joe Kent Walters and Mikey Bly Smith. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. By the way, guys, I'm going to keep that in. Okay. Yeah, no problem. That's fine. <laughs> Now, so I mean, like, tell us a bit about yourselves, like, um, for people that don't know about the lovely boys. Like, how did you come up with the name Lovely Boys? Did you guys have lots of sex and like go to a club and like you and renamed the guys that got laid a lot, and that's why you called Lovely Boys? And is that how you start the comedy journey? Like, what happened there? Like, come God, on. no one ever just hit it on the on on the head before. We we, yeah. we think that's quite a unpredictable origin story. But yeah, you just yeah, you that's got it. That's exactly. <laughs> no so what so tell us what happened man how did you guys get started in comedy and like what what, what led to the name lovely boys apart apart from what i've said there what was the other reason <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the pc version yes the pc version is what i'm looking for <laughs> um well joe was doing comedy for like a year maybe before i was around i think about a year yeah 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 uh and then I just started doing it too. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and we were at the um, we were at the at the Fringe Festival um, working as flyers. Um, we were both working for flyers for Kit Sullivan. I don't know if you know Kit Sullivan. Oh, he's he, he is a he's a good. I love him. He's a great, very funny yeah. He's man. amazing. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Um, uh, uh, yes, we were we were flying for his show. Uh, I was sort of knocking about quite a lot, and we both, yeah, we both were doing comedy by that point. Um, so we, I'm always trying to remember the order that things happened in because there's like a couple of events. Yeah, I remember being at the end of a night out, and us two being very sort of night out chatty, being like, we're gonna make a thing together, being like a bit of a nice sort of like spark of like, okay. We both said this now, like it could be a thing. Uh, we should say as well, uh, we've known each other since we were um, f uh, 14. 
Oh. Maybe younger, actually. Maybe like 12 or 13. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're from the same part of uh, rural Huddersfield, so we went to school together. Um, oh. We actually were in two different schools, but we met at football. Yeah, yeah. And football team. Believe it or not, yeah, that's how we first met. Um, <laughs> People hear that and they're surprised. But then when you follow up with, we were the worst team in the area by <laughs> such a long distance. <laughs> and it sort of balances their expectations back. Yeah, yeah. I was there for two years and we won We won one game in two years. <laughs> and uh, we used to get... Big... One year we scored one goal. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Yeah, I was I was top scorer for for a short while, um, but only through uh, own goals. Not um, <laughs> oh, not you goals. were just pissed off and just like, come on, guys! No, just bad, just bad, yeah. Raptor. Really, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how many own goals we managed. <laughs> yeah, we used to get told off for like we just started celebrating the own goals, and then, they, and then the, the coach told us off. Yeah. yeah. Oh god! Well, I'm I'm not that much better at football myself. I mean, and and you know when we were doing those football evenings like like a few weeks ago or a month ago, I mean it was quite shocking to see how bad a lot of us were and like make sure that everyone in the goalie knows this. But we were dreadful at football. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing. Maybe clowns are bad at football. It's just uh, yeah, just to the feet, to the feet. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, hey, that's good. Yeah. I, yeah. I I tell you what I I need to see a sketch of like your your time in the football like there's a story there like I want to hear a show about it I want to hear have always the thought about behind it it's it's there's there's a lot of stuff there man fully yeah yeah the boys football show I think would be very nice I think we know it's such like a lovely idea and image and it's like let's there will be a time when it will really make sense to talk about football more. Well, what about the cheerleaders and the and the referees? That is such a weird question, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> what would we say? What would we say? Was there, what any, about was there any like? Did you have a referee or any like linesmen? Yeah, there was, was a referee, there like? no a linesman. <laughs> cheerleaders. Basic function of a football game. There needs to be one, but no cheerleaders. Oh, no cheerleaders. Okay. We were our own cheerleaders, I suppose. Yeah, I think oh, if I anyone was a... maybe. But like, yeah, parents maybe either a bit annoyed because they've had to drive to Doncaster <laughs> <laughs> or just indifferent. Okay, and, and so all of this with a night out, you're doing flying with a show for a show, but and and so you start a comedy first. Like, what was you're watching those shows and you're like, my god, this stuff is the bomb, and I want to be like that. Is that what made you guys want to be comedians? Yeah. Totally that. I mean, it, it was discovering um, the alt scene at Edinburgh, you know, going to um, gigs like uh, ACMS, Alternative Comedy Memorial Society. And um, yeah, just just realising that there was a whole scene for that kind of um, comedy was really, really exciting. And it's sort of what made us want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we found these wooden puppets. Mm. Um, oh, <laughs> Yeah, well, in, in the we were flying on Grass Market in Edinburgh, and like every I don't know Saturday or something, there was a little market, um, and we found a stall of uh, hand crafted and painted um, pop culture figures made out of wood, like little wooden marionettes of, of <laughs> pop culture figures. But it's one of those stalls where someone's done all of them by hand, so they've got a kind of really unique um sort of uncanniness to them like they're they 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 look like the things but not not quite right there's just something a little bit off about them and the fact that they're all sort of based off the same um like body model but like because they're cartoon characters so many of them have different shaped bodies so they just sort of hack them into this like it wouldn't really make any sense they're all outside with no like covering just being rained on all day as well so they're really dirty and water damaged oh and we just found these so funny we just <laughs> were absolutely hilarious we've got quite um i mean you know growing up together like um we like, became really good friends um and uh, you know a lot of our activity was just I don't know, laughing at nothing really um like just finding the humor in sort of anything 
Um, so that was quite typical for us to like find just some sort of um, slightly weird uh, <laughs> discarded items and just think that's hilarious. And what we did is we bought them and we were like, okay, well, this is our set then, isn't it? This is our, <laughs> this is our like sort of first sketch story. We'll come on with these guys. Um, it came as well from um, a bit of a, what we, what we knew to do with them uh, was I was asleep on the sofa one morning and I woke up and Joe was looming over my face and he just said, uh, I'm going to punch you in your face. Oh, <laughs> and God. for some reason, <laughs> this, like, we both found extremely <laughs> funny. <laughs> so we sort of thought like, okay, can we use the puppets to like, just do that and insult the audience with and we just had a really good time with doing that <laughs> like immediately sort of like found something of like doing it together and that attitude yeah totally and so that was our first set was um just with these puppets we sort of came on and yeah insulted the audience with the puppets um it was probably really really bad but we had a great time we yeah we had a lot of fun and actually it's 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 funny because we um we did a gig recently. We did Troy Club the other week, um, and uh, Leslie, who uh, runs Troy Club with Andrew, um, she saw us do that like first gig, and then she saw us at Troy Club, and like sort of that like point of contact really made us realise that like we're sort of in a lot of ways still doing the same thing, <laughs> like. It's sort of all about like weird images and like slightly disconcerting sort of. Uh, creepy sort of stuff like that and then also tricking and insulting the audience we still yeah. really like as a thing and we do a lot um yeah so there you go that's a bit of a rambly origin story on the name the lovely boys mikey came up with because oh. we, were, we were like sort of hypothetically dreaming about our you know you're at edinburgh fringe and you're seeing yeah yeah everywhere, Classic. So you've done like 10 gigs but you've seen a bunch of shows so you're like right I'm gonna start working on my show now <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was gonna be called uh uh just uh um Mikey Bly Smith is a lovely boy I think was the hypothetical name for my dream show but then as soon as we like talked about working together just being called the lovely boys immediately sort of like really resonated with like really just made sense especially with like the puppet imagery that we were going for and stuff like it just really clicked. I just have a have a image of like an indie, a hilarious indie rock band, like indie rock band, but with a bit of hilarious style to it. That's what I like, like the klaxons, but with a bit of comedy in. That's what I like. <laughs> That's great. We were in a band together as well for a bit. Ah. <laughs> yeah, if you can call it a band. Uh, <laughs> more of a more of a jam collective. It was uh, us and our friend Joe Taylor. We just used to get um quite stoned in and in and go in my garage uh, in Huddersfield and and we called ourselves Psych Truck. <laughs> psych Truck. Whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Psych Truck. What does that mean? Does that mean We had one song. Um most of it was just sort of um long sort of jam things, but we had one song called uh, Skating on the Train Platform. <laughs> Oh, bloody hell. That, that's yeah, a... pretty rebellious. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. People were, you know, afraid of Psych Truck. Yeah, yeah, they were. They never booked us. And I think <laughs> they never booked us. They knew that we... Yeah. Rather than... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> rather than lack of faith. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it, there's a lot of... What, what, what have you taken from that experience of being the musicians into being the lovely boys now? Like, how have you morphed into... A, know with Power Rangers when they used to morph into the whatever how have you used that to morph into the Power Rangers which is the lovely boys <laughs> <laughs> um I think well I didn't just say at the top love the, love the way you've worded it it's, uh... yeah yeah it's a tricky question that Power Rangers slant as well <laughs> so, so we took the the, me the Megazord of timing. Uh, <laughs> um, and the... Um, oh, I've run out of Power Rangers. I have no idea. That one. Um, <laughs> okay, what about Pokemon or Digimon then? Okay. Uh, we put the um, blue-eyed white dragon of, of rhythm. 
Okay. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Wow. Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> oh, no. That's fine, that's fine. I know I used to watch that as well, so that's fine. Yeah. Swing dive wise. Yeah, we sacrificed our band card to summon the lovely boys. <laughs> <laughs> that's there, it. we've got it. <laughs> yeah. But I think there is an interesting uh, migration from um, kids who grow up wanting to be musicians to starting doing comedy. Um, it's one you hear a lot about. I think I think lots and lots of comedians are in a in, in a way like um fail musicians or like they dreamed of being sort of rock stars. I think I think you can sort of sense that energy a lot in people who do comedy. Um yeah. Yeah. But I don't really have much more to say about it. I think there's probably a lot of uh, interesting um uh threads that you can draw between the two things yeah i've um, not properly thought about it before but it's, it's, it's they're definitely think, yeah there. think about how many musicians uh comedians we know who are also musicians yeah and, well, tom little yeah. has a really nice joke about that um oh yeah where he, he talks about that and then he does like uh he segues it into like um uh how he went to go see metallica and he was really annoyed because they didn't play their famous song uh uh you know enter sandman but then he confuses it and thinks it's, oh, Mr. Sandman, give me a dream. <laughs> and he's really annoyed because Metallica didn't play it. <laughs> he's incredible, isn't he, Tom Little? And he's oh, really he's, sort of oh, got famous him, now. Yeah. I don't know. He's incredible. Yeah. <clears throat> now, and how, what, what made you guys want to be Goliath Clowns? Like, what, what made you want to go up to France and get a Frenchman who looks very miserable? And it's like Gordon Ramsay mated with a theatre per- professor with a scientist who insults you and goes, no, this is shit. This is useless. What is this? Is this a chihuahua shit? What made you want to go all the way up into Etomps and experience that? There's a couple of interesting points to pull up there on your... Yeah, uh... <laughs> Um <laughs> I hope you're not listening to this, Philippe. I, I love you. You're a cool guy. And Michiko, I love you as well. And Carlo, you're awesome as well. You're, you're all awesome. And Susanna and Bane, uh, Paula. Um, they're not is... listening to this, Marvin. Yes, definitely not. Just in case anyone traverses the, method, the message to, to them. Well, if someone does that impression of him to him and says that's from Marvin. <laughs> Say it's with love. <laughs> it sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I think he said scientist as like a extra caveat, and then got thrown off by like someone in Einstein sort of, sort of thing. Scientist stood out in my head as well. <laughs> What's he? Where, why do you think he's a scientist as well? The look, the look that he the look, the reminds look. me okay, of yeah, yeah. Einstein, and like you obviously he's a theatre professor with a bit of charm, and yeah. like he reminds me of Grumpy Gordon Ramsay when he's ripping people apart, and that's that's, yeah. that's the thoughts yeah, that yeah. come into my head. Yeah, that makes sense. He does look like a scientist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why did we decide to go? Um, we, I think, even from that first Edinburgh, we we sort of. Um, started uh making friends with clowns even before that um so christian brighty um i met uh at my first year at the fringe in 2017 so i went up a year before mikey and that's why i started comedy a little bit sooner because i was up there doing a play um and that month i met i met christian and uh chatted a lot to christian and um uh yeah we became like good friends and i i really feel like he sort of um really helped open the door to a lot of alternative stuff for me like would um you know keep telling me what shows to go to and chatting to me about it um and then um one thing led to another and he ended up coming up with Luke uh, Rodderson to Leeds where I was living at the time um and um they did a three-day clown workshop um which I like sort of you know did all of the um uh, producing for so I, I got you know all the people to come and uh hire the space and stuff um so that was sort of the start of it Mikey came along to it that was the first time we performed on stage together was in that workshop yeah um, I, like first had no idea what clowning was in any capacity up until that point and I think even from that bit it was such just a like 
obviously to do like a three day clowning workshop with no real idea what clowning is meant that like the whole thing was quite hard but like still just leaving you with that sense of like what is this big world and like that real sense of like when you even during that when you do something that was good like ah there's such like a magic to be found in this thing and like a meet like even though it was obviously very challenging just getting got by that bug at that point like a little bit and like doing more workshops I think eventually we did one with um Zach Zucker in London and just found it like so much fun and was just like we've got to go to the place where this is happening every day (laughs) like (laughs) because we love it and like oh yeah we, we we just gotta what was your so you made the decision to go in you you saved up a lot you did a lot of i don't know stripping or whatever to get the money for it mm-hmm. uh, but like what was your first thought when you set foot into the school and all of that were you shocked by what it was and like what, what how did your how did it change you and what was your understanding of things from like from the beginning to the end because you stayed there for the whole year so like how did it we missed the middle term well i came <coughs> back and did booth on um but like we, we we mainly just did october to christmas and then the last term okay and yeah i remember being very nervous uh like just a, a sort of just sort of meeting lots of new people the idea that i'm gonna have to be very vulnerable in front of them all a lot and like that classic first day kind of feeling of like oh i don't know if i'm ready to know all these people uh but like uh overall just like was so taken in by just how warm the whole thing kind of felt felt as well like how supportive just everybody was how even like from the way I experienced the insults personally that were never like I never felt too persecuted by him or anything that happened there like personally um but like I think overall just like that community that came from it quickly became such like a, a lovely thing that sort of got rid of a lot of the the fear of it mm-hmm. and yeah I think yeah like well sort of reiterating a bit what you said it's just I was surprised by how much you were laughing all the time <laughs> like yeah it was just all yeah funny all the time um yeah and it was just yeah so nice to yeah live a life where you're just laughing that much all the time um yeah and then, um, and then, what was the other part? Like, how how did we from the beginning to the end? How did um, your experience of it change? Like, obviously, you grew closer with the people there, and like, at first, like things develop. You know, like like in, in relationships that sort of and then it's and then it's like, oh, we're all close and we're all hugging. I think I couldn't say it better myself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was really nice. <laughs> yeah yeah um oh. yeah really really not. i mean you know you, you don't you don't experience that kind of um uh social thing you know so you might get that kind of thing at university but even at university there's you know thousands of people who could all potentially be your friend um and you've got to sort of seek them out whereas there it's like no there's 50 people here yeah so they're all gonna you're gonna know them all and like especially the people in your class you know you know you've got 25 people that you've seen every day uh-huh. they're gonna be yeah that, it's kind of a, it, it, a intense social thing but um some of that i loved <laughs> yeah it was yeah great. yeah and just, by the end yeah. you are just, yeah really close to people and um yeah you even i mean we went to um mikey uh was in was in Luke Rollison's show, which is quite a nice like thing from where like the, the clown thing started to, you know, where we're at now. Like, um, yeah, Mikey um, has a, an absolutely excellent role in uh, Luke Rollison's Bowerbird. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, it's um, yeah. He comes on. He d- he's got about a sort of like five to ten minute bit. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's very good. Um, and uh, I went to go see it at uh, Soho Theatre the other week. And uh, loads of people from school were there. And it's, it was like quite a nice thing of like, ah, it's sort of a bit of a thing after you leave, you know, people will keep coming to your shows and like keep being there. And like, especially London's such a hub, isn't it, for clown stuff? I mean, I don't live in London, but 
you know, even then knowing that there's that many people down there. Yeah, it's really nice. Ah, who, who came to the show, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> yeah, let's give you the list. Uh, there was uh, Eugenie was there, um, Tommy was there, Lottie was there, and Rosa was there. Oh, okay. That's, that's was that everyone from school? Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, Alejandro came, but that was later. Ah, but yeah, yeah, he wasn't there. You know, when I thought of Alejandro, it may sound a bit wrong, but I thought, you know, this guy is going to be the... There's a comedian that makes a good joke on someone's name saying that if they have a name that sounds sexy and like they're going to be a better lover than you. I thought Alejandro was the, the fucker in the school when I first heard of that name. The way that name characterised it. You know, I'm sounding really racist here, aren't I? So I better stop. <laughs> but no, he, sound, he sounded... I thought he was going to be the, the, the effer. I thought like, oh God, shit, this guy's going to get laid, up, like flies around shit or something. <laughs> There's always one effort. But but the effort I hear was probably uh, the, what was Tommy and Ebon I hear. <laughs> I don't never want to comment on this. <laughs> but that's that's what I hear. I don't know. Should, should I change the topic and leave the gossip till later? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're in control. We're really at the whim of whatever you want to do. But... Yeah, go on. So, what do you guys have to say? On it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I shouldn't have given you power back there, should I? I really have an opportunity to move on. <laughs> God, I mean, if F's and butts were these and nuts, um, then. We'd all eat well, wouldn't we, at that place? <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm oh, going to say. Oh, yes. Yeah. You're and saying I'm it's like a buffet. Okay, okay. Yeah. Pretty cryptic, but there was a lot in that, I think. A lot of gossip. Yes, there was a lot. <laughs> yeah, you can unpack that one later on. <laughs> Is that what she said? Okay, no worries. Right. now. So... Like how how did how did the whole Goldie experience sort of change you guys as performers? Like if if the when you started you were like uh, egg and egg egg sandwich. Like how did you change into uh, McDonald's um, Big Mac? Uh, yeah, I think just overall just spending that much time just focusing on performance itself was really useful. Um, I think like before, <laughs> when we've ever done like notes on the show and notes on our stuff and things, it's always been very sort of like writing focus. I don't think I really knew anything about actually just, but I, I never paid that much attention to just literally just the act of performing, uh, which I thought overall like really sort of was very useful and good to do. Changed my perspective a little bit on how I think about making work and watching work. Mm. yeah it gives you like um a bit more of a vocabulary and like um framework to like talk about talk about work with which is is useful because mm. yeah i think one thing i realized even before uh Gaudier working with um luke and christian you know um they'd give us notes on our show as we were doing it um and just listening to them give notes you were like god they've got such a good way of talking about performance and I think that's such an important thing, isn't it? Being able to to analyze work and um, uh, in a really good and concise way, because um, that is just the main thing that makes a show better, isn't it? Is, is doing it and then talking about it mm. like well, and then doing it again and then talking about it. So that that was really good. Um, I think it's a hard one, isn't it? I think when you do something so intensive, it's really hard to come out the other end of it and really know what it's um, what it's done for you, how it's changed you. Um, um, I think for me, uh, uh, tricks are like uh, is a big one. I think I, I sort of understand the uh, mechanics of a little bit more, and I think it's really useful for comedy. Is that yeah? It's mainly Carlo who taught that one. Um, you know, just that sense of like something going one way, building expectation in a certain direction, and then um, move, moving the other way. Yeah, just pull, pulling a trick. Um, which I think is cool, but I, I, I really like it. It's a good thing to learn. 
I don't think you need need to get Goliath to learn that now. People, people do that all the time in comedy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Comedy is, jokes but, are tricks. <laughs> yeah, jokes are tricks. Like, uh, you know, um, but I, I, that's something that I um, yeah enjoyed sort of exploring in a bit more depth there. I'd agree. Um, like, yeah, as you say, just the mechanics of that. I think my body has learned a lot that I can't really talk about, but like just being up, and being examined that much, that much every day, really just yeah. sort of a lot of like lessons and modes that just like, mum, that I understand in myself, I guess. Mm. Which mm. I guess probably would be my thing of saying why going, because it's probably one of the only places, well, like, well, fifth school as a whole, but like where you can get that much just attention on you and like sort of uh, get some of your ticks called out, get some of like, just sort of like that amount of time to just like learn stuff in your body is really good. Okay. May I ask what your ticks are? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the sort of like you always have your hand like this or you always like you're yeah. leaning forward or like. Yeah, my lean. head's always forward. That's that's what I learn. So I'm trying to just get better posture at the moment. And what about you guys with your hands? Oh, is this, me, this is what I, you do? Yeah, for like neutral mask really made it apparent to me that like I love just sort of wiggling my arms about in a weird way. Uh, that was kind of all I'd do for that unit until people got sick of it and I had to try to do something new. Uh, so like that was sort of like really useful, I thought. Like, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, it was funny. Carlos said to me with some of my habits that you you got it there. It, it's 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 all tools for you to use, like all your funny habits, all your quirks, that like they're good material. He says to me, I keep on doing this or I keep doing that, like I'm pulling the sand or something. And that, that seemed to help a bit. But yeah, <clears throat> and they're both very different, aren't they? Like Philippe and, and Carlo. Carlo is a bit more calm. Like it's like good cop, bad cop, isn't it? Yeah, 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 totally. It did feel a bit weird, though, getting taught by Carlo for most of Clown. I mean, I only remember maybe two two lessons of Philippe, or did he only do one lesson during the whole Clown, I think? He did two. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know, but then the two lessons that he did do, I, um, I didn't get a lot out of, really. And maybe he was sort of building towards something, but um, and that's just how it works. But I don't know. I... I, I yeah, it was it was weird, and I guess it was a shame. But um, I really, really enjoyed Carlo's lessons on clown, and I thought I got a lot yeah, out of them. Me too. Yeah. No, he definitely gave me some at the work with, like that. I'm going to take for a lot longer, and I think he's giving me an idea for a show, which I'm not going to reveal yet. But when it's <laughs> done, I, I want to be mysterious. You know, I want to keep people. Mm -hmm. So, and oh, we love yeah. stealing. We love stealing ideas as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're big now. thieves. Yeah, so we'll probably we would probably take that off you. Oh shit, 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 man! Are you gonna are you gonna do the same background as me? You're gonna do the same logo? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get I'm gonna get the Zoom background. Oh, for God's sake, no, no, stop it, guys! <laughs> we start a podcast called the Comedi Comedians Paradise. Agenda <laughs> neutral, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with you guys being like a double act, what have you found to be the like the the good points and bad points of it? Because I mean, one thing I one reason I don't do the podcast with a ho another host is that it's hard enough arranging it with one person, never mind doing it with two. So I'm guessing in some respects you get less pressure, but the admin must be a bit of a pain. Mm, yeah, I guess I'd say that probably is the main sort of like not. It's just our thing you got to factor in working this way is like there's a whole other human being that's not you with like their own stuff going on. Of course, like it's you can't just sort of like think of something and then make it happen. But like that versus like the joy of just working with a really good friend when you like you've got so much like in common, one that you just like love make like making each other laugh and just goofing around with just as a base level like just feels so like lovely to be honest it's really comforting and like and it's really exciting as well like uh yeah i, I, I love working with joe and i love like sort of being <laughs> yeah it's it, 
fact that a lot of it sometimes when like obviously it's still work and you've got to introduce that professional aspect to your relationship but like the fact that like sometimes though it just really doesn't feel like any work at all yeah and like yeah, yeah it's is really nice and we're really good at spending time with each other um <laughs> i think i think we got a lot of practicing because i think a lot of our like um youth was just like knocking about not really doing anything like you like a classic thing isn't it when you're like 15 or whatever and there's nothing really to do so you just sort of walk about yeah um and also we used to go to a lot of gigs so there'd be a lot of traveling to gigs and waiting for the gigs to start yeah um, so i think we got good at just spending a lot of time here which i think you have to do if you're a double acting comedy because you you're traveling a lot you wait to go yeah. on you, you know there's the same much time where you just sort of <laughs> milling around and I, I do think that God, if I wasn't with like Mikey, I think I'd, I'd struggle just to sort of mm. mill around this much and this frequently with somebody like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it not just be like really boring or really awkward. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. We're good at just sort of um, existing with each other, which is really nice. Fully. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pleasure. So you guys, it takes the pressure off and you guys can easily sort of just spend 20 minutes not saying anything and still and not be awkward. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, do we have any code for that? I think sometimes we say get a bit of headphone time now. Yeah, something like that. I think, oh. But I think often we don't, it's just clear when like it's dipping a little bit in terms of like, we don't really want to chat to each other. Uh, yeah, I think we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're quite good at assessing where the other's at at the moment and stuff. Oh. So where where are you at at the moment? <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Mikey was very tired yesterday. Ah. After, uh, but understandably so, because they've done a big uh, a big London stint and two quite intense shows back to back. Yeah, got, you know, then a train up to the north and then straight to a kids cabaret. Um, so yeah, I, I I knew that Mikey was a bit tired yesterday. Um, yeah, uh, are you what, tired I'm, as well? Uh, are you tired as well? I wasn't as tired because I didn't. I didn't really have as as uh, as much on my plate as Mikey the last sort of week or so. Um, so that's uh, that's good. You just sent. Okay, uh, you say I did. Okay, I think for the listener, I'm going to describe what's happened here. But okay, my mother went. Are you a bit tired as well? And then the listener looks at me, and then on the chat, he's just sent a coffee emoji. <laughs> He did that to me before the call as well. <laughs> did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, have you just woken up? And I went, I've not been up for that long. And then he sent me the coffee emoji. Yeah. <laughs> Do I seem tired? I did wake up not that long ago. So There it is. <laughs> is the coffee emoji supposed to be like, I've got your number. <laughs> I know, you, know, you ask me in the podcast I might say no I'm not tired I'm feeling all right but then you send the coffee it's like uh we all know mate we can yeah. all hear in your voice that right 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 you've not had your eight hours <laughs> I have I've, I've had more than eight hours hell yeah <laughs> yeah I think I've probably had about 10 hours oh naughty no that's not right <laughs> <laughs> is it not you should get five hours. You gotta be like David Goggins. You gotta work your ass off. You gotta be when all the guys sleeping on fucking working. No way. <laughs> no, really, really not about that. Now, if you if you guys were both to have a bit of coffee, uh who would you what who would be your hero? Like, who would you like to invite for a coffee? If you guys, uh, like, who's your hero and who would you love to have a chat with? I like the wording of, if you had a bit of coffee, who would be your hero? <laughs> <laughs> Too tired to think of a hero right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my, are we talking like comedy hero or like, I don't have an answer that's not comedy hero to be fair. So, <laughs> um, I really like Spencer Jones. He's probably one of my heroes. Um, really, really love his work and uh, find it very inspiring. And also his sort of, um, I don't know, his sort of manner and his sort of attitude. Kit's got like a similar thing as well. Just that sort of like really grounded and down to earth. 
silliness that I really like. Um, and I find it, yeah, amazing. So maybe Spencer Jones for me. Who are you inviting, Mikey? I'd, at the moment, I'd say Sarah Sherman or Sarah Squirm. Mm. Uh, I just think the like crossover of like body horror comedy is just one that I find really, really cool. It's not really something that like I think there was a point where I was like, I want to do this kind of stuff myself. But at the moment, I'm like, no, nah, I'm just loving sort of like the creativity and like just how fucking weird people can make stuff and still be funny how gross things can get but like still kept like really charming and like yeah she's she's great she's wonderful i just saw she announced her edinburgh run last night and i was so excited like immediately bought a ticket like so so happy oh is that sarah squirm sarah squirm yeah yeah no way Mm -hmm. where's she playing she's playing gilda balloon 15th to the 21st Oh man, I might get a ticket. When do you get a ticket for? Uh, 17th. Okay. Right, I'll have a look at her. I'll see if she's in London. Yeah, oh, she is. She's doing a Soho run before that. So, like, start of August. All right, I'm going to say, listen here, sweetheart. I know these guys give us a discount or we'll be having trouble. All right. Um, <laughs> she doesn't know who we are. But oh, give it a I know who we are. Why oh, not? Okay. <laughs> uh, now, What's it called? Um, so, with with you going up to the Edinburgh Fringe, like what 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 inspired you to take a show up, and like where, where are you hoping to sort of lead with it? Um, I suppose it's been building up to it for a while, really. Um, uh, a lot of it is just like wanting to give this show a good proper run and have a lot of people see it. Like we've we've been doing this show for like actually like a quite a long we did it before the the fringe before the pandemic was like our first run of it um but we did just like six days over the whole festival um sort of like odd sort of days so it wasn't like a full run um and then we did the show after the pandemic we did it in brighton at the brighton fringe and because of the pandemic we had quite a lot of um we had quite a lot of audience interaction and getting people up on stage so we had to sort of completely rewrite the show um almost to the point where it just sort of became a different show and we did that at Brighton and it was really really fun we really enjoyed doing it it's sort of we keep saying it feels like our sort of new like year one of comedy in a way like you know like you, I feel like you have those moments in your like career with with comedy where like you uh yeah, you sort of go, oh, that's a real point where we feel like we we levelled up and we sort of yeah. felt like... Um... I remember, like, a note we got from it from Christian afterwards was, like, this is the first time it's felt like a proper show. And, and I think we were obviously feeling that at the time. Doing it, like, in Brighton, like, when the Warren had that big setup, like, there, just felt, like, so... Yeah, really just sort of, like, we levelled up in terms of performers and, like, what the show could be. And I think we just realised, oh, man, we've got this thing now. That was supposed to be the goodbye to the show, but we were like, nah, let's work on it for another year and give it a nice, like, Edinburgh time. Yeah. yeah. So that's sort of, yeah, sort of the, the motivation for this one. What would you make of, like, comics that do it, like, every year? And, like, Louis C.K. does one every year, uh, Dave Chappelle. Let's not mention what other things Louis C.K. does, but he does every year, and then you've got Dave Chappelle, you're... Chris Rock, like some of them, how do they do it every year? Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually think it's more impressive that um, uh, small comics who who do comedy part time uh, do it every year. That's what I find more impressive because, like, what? How does Louis C.K. write an hour of material every? 365 days when he gets paid a million pounds and it's, it's all good and like i'm not saying he doesn't work hard obviously like all of those comics work hard but like um i don't know i think that when someone who's like sort of you know really on the fringes of it and like you know really cult or whatever uh you know manages to work you know five days a week in marketing and then still find the time to make an hour for edinburgh every year that's what I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I think, I think it's great. I think it's a really cool model of, of working. 
Um, I think it sucks that the fringe costs so much money. Obviously, um, mm. it, that's that's really rubbish. It should be, yeah. I don't know. Um, Did you sign the live comedy association like little petition form against the app? And about they, they said that uh, that artists aren't being supported, and they want to do a petition against the what's going on in the fringe. Yeah, 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 definitely. That is very, very ridiculous. Oh, yeah. God, we've not even talked about the app, have we, Mike? It's no, so no. This yeah. close as well. It's such like a... It's such a slap in the face. Fully. It's really annoying because I'm doing um, a free Fringe show as well as the Lovely Boys show. Um, I'm, I'm like splitting an hour with um, Sam Williams. I don't know if you've seen him. He's really good. Um yeah, we're we're doing like half an hour each, and that's on PBH fringe. So you don't have to you don't have to pay for the the listing as like um, a condition of it. Like with just the tonic, you have to register for the fringe. Um, but with PBH, they're like you don't have to register with the official fringe um, if you're with us. And I was like um and an hour about whether to do it or not. But then I was like, uh, well, it means that we're on the app and people will be able to find us on the app, so it's probably worth doing. And then. It's just a lie, <laughs> and we yeah. spent four hundred pounds to, yeah, have yeah have nothing. What have they done? We're on a website and we're in a printed program. That's it. In a printed program, thousand things like yeah, in this Argos catalogue. Yeah, like, fully, yeah, fully. a tiny little square. Argos. No one, no one has ever decided what to watch from the main program. How could you? How could you? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Surely, surely they can just put a list. They just need to put like a database, and you just search for it. It's not. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, not, I mean, it's on the it's website not... already. Like, yeah. you change the interface would like be able to do it. You see, yeah. like, on the like thing as well, just being like uh, a, a lot of comedians you see being like, I work in like web and app design. It would literally take the cost of like ten shows registrations for like someone to knock up an app on this and like i don't know anything about it so i can't but like a lot of people i've seen say that and i really do it makes sense to me that like i, I could see that happening yeah especially considering they i mean i don't know maybe now i'm getting really uh layman about how apps work but they had one for 2019 <laughs> How, how much does it take just to change the one from 2019 to get it work? In, like. yeah 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 yeah, crazy. Yeah, I looked at the accommodation for next year, and it's I've not I've not really found anything that's in the city centre that's less than a thousand, and that's for next year. That's for twenty twenty three. Yeah, it's pretty difficult. We're sharing a bed to make it affordable. Yep. No. Oh. Two duvets. We got a duvet each though, so like, uh, yeah, that's not going to be too bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you you got to do what you got to do. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's. It's intriguing. I wonder what the Australian fringes are like, and like the the some of the there's a few American ones, isn't there, that are quite big, but and New Zealand as well. I wonder what they're like. Yeah, I bet they're good. (laughs) 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 Uh, One of the things that I want to ask, like I do at sort of the end of the podcast, is ask like, what do you think is a crime in comedy apart from what we've said now? It that you don't like seeing comedians do um what has comedy given you and what advice would you give to your younger self in comedy and how do people find out about you okay um can you give us some examples of what people have said for crimes in comedy in the past they want to try any so they any... say they say things like oh it's it's um let me tell you why I look like this sort of joke. Or they... Yeah, ah, yeah, 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 exactly yeah. what was on the top of my head. Like the classic workshop, like, I know what you're thinking. Here's me. Like, I don't think that's... I just immediately turns me off. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Or um, they talk about their town or they do the standard sort of stuff. That, that's what people were saying. They say um, with MCing or something, um, just, just, just... You know, get to know the crowd first, do a little cheering rather than just go straight. What do you do as a job? Like find out who's willing to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, like they say, you don't get to decide what's funny about you. 
that's a, some of the stuff that's been said on the podcast before. Mm, you don't get to decide what's funny about you. Mm. I think in general as well, just sort of like pretty expansive, but just no, don't be an asshole, really. I guess like yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think it's like it's funny that comedy is an industry with no HR, so like just awful things can happen all the time and, and do. <laughs> there's no accountability for it um so really you know if <laughs> yeah any bit of comedy it's not the most lighthearted response to it but it's probably you know the actual crimes that are committed by yeah. comedians Ooh, that, yes. that, uh, that they um get away with because there's no structure to um make people accountable for stuff that if you did in an office you'd be sacked from a job or like you'd have a disciplinary, you know what I mean? You know, it, it, on any scale of it, of, of how severe the sort of like thing, uh, you know, thing that someone does is, um, you know, people can just, yes, yeah, do what they, it feels like people can just do what they want and um, get away with it a lot of the time. So probably, probably that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think it's when um, uh, comedians like. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably like mother-in-law jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwing your wife under the table, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing your wife under the table. You know. Oh, man, you really threw me under the table there. Um, I don't like when people do bad date stories is one thing I think oh. I realised. Like, I think a bit of like, not, I mean, obviously like having a go at you, your, your wife and stuff. I don't know. I just don't really feel like I see that as much as I see someone just sort of being like, I was on a date with someone and they're crazy. Like, it's just a bit like, as well, you don't know this person. Like, it's just a bit, I don't like seeing that. It always makes me feel a bit bad and weird. And always just like, mm. when, when you're hearing anyone sort of being like a romantic like they're crazy like you're always just a bit like oh that's your side of this thing oh that's yeah when people sort of use stand-up just to sort of reinforce their like own narrative that they yeah yeah you know like a, yeah especially when it's like a breakup thing or a relationship where there's probably like loads more truth to it but they're just sort of like it's really clear that they're just like no i've decided what happened and actually they're um uh, Bitch and I'm a, you know, it's just like, yeah, fully, fully, yeah. And they got everyone, they've got jokes there, so people laugh and like, re, like, uh, yeah, making people agree with them in a way, like, yeah, yeah. There you go, there's a couple on uh, crimes. Uh... <laughs> I, I have only one thing to add on that. I'd love to see it where there's ex comedians that dated. And then the comedian who they're talking about on a date is watching it, and then they argue and say, "No, that's not what happened." I'd love <laughs> to see that Jerry Springer shit. Yeah, yeah, that that's quite a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I'd watch that. Um, and then what was the next question, Marvin? What? How has your comedy journey shaped you? How has it helped you? What? 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 And like, how has it changed you as a person being in comedy? Oof. Funnier. <laughs> that's a great response <laughs> yeah I'll go with that funnier and more tired yeah <laughs> what, what what advice would you give to younger selves now you know if you were like yo 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 I'm seeing Joe when he was like 18 and Mikey I'm seeing you when you're like 18 I got some words for you being the older version of you yeah so you better listen up what would you say? Uh, make sure you get 10 hours of sleep. Every night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I just send him a coffee emoji. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Here's <laughs> uh, my genuine advice would be like, um, really do what you think is funny. Don't let anyone tell you what you should be doing. Like, um, it's similar to that sort of like, um, what you look like, um, start bit. Yeah, I feel like people do stand up comedy courses, and then there's some guy there, like, and oh, no, I look, this is what you need to do. You need to, uh, say what you look like, do this, do that. And that's like, yeah, just find, do what you think's funny first and foremost, and then figure it out from there. Okay. But don't, don't do anything that gets you arrested, though. Okay. 
Don't do anything that gets you arrested. Yeah, it's good. It's good. That's also good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Feels a bit weird when I've not been arrested. <laughs> yeah, going going to not been arrested. I'm gonna go back to my 18 year old self. And just double firm, belt and braces, just yeah. make sure that I don't get arrested. That'll be really in your head right now if you told yourself <laughs> that when you're 18. Yeah, 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 it was. Uh, now, what 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 has been what has been uh, what has been a comedy exp- what what what's happened in your life that has shocked you in terms of in your comedy journey? Like what have you seen you like, what the fuck is this? Oh my god, what what's shook you to your core? Like, uh, I've heard like stories of red bastard uh, stripping and playing with himself. I've heard of um, someone trying to sell drugs at a gig whilst he was on stage. I heard like being attacked. Like what? what what's 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 been mental that's happened to you guys? Shocking comedy stories. Um, um, I'm trying to think if anything crazy happened when. Um... Du, 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 du. Um, for me, just one of like the craziest acts I've seen, and it's not too shocking. It's just sort of like a bit crazy how they exist. But I was uh, hosting an open mic in Leeds, and uh, this double act arrive, and they're called Maud and Scully. And one's quite a shorter, like older woman, like probably like fifty plus, and the other's like late twenties, very tall, very wiry got a face tattoo of a skull and it turns out that double act is that he's um a drug um addict survivor and she's a drugs counselor um and they sort of have this really weird dynamic of like they keep forgetting what they're supposed to be doing and just talking amongst themselves and laughing about it but it's like so charming and lovely but then it's revealed as it goes on that the way that they met each other was actually through the manchester battle rap scene and they're both Right. And, and Scully's like, the guy with the skull tattoo is like, um, Maud is better than me. She is. And they have this rap battle to prove it. And Maud just absolutely just destroys this guy <laughs> in front Whoa. of everybody. And it was just, it was an open mic. Like, it was quite like a very open mic-y open mic. Like, all very much like uh, nothing too special happening, really. And this just was one of them where you're just like, where have you come from? Like, it was it's like a magical thing to see. Uh, yeah, they were they were great. They were really cool. Wow, I, I'm really sad I missed that one. They sounded so good. Um, uh, I saw a guy called Jolly 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 Goodfellow is probably one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Um, he's like a fool. He's not like he calls himself a fool. Um, <laughs> and he sort of he sort of talks like he sort of talks like this. Uh, he, he just sort of, re- sort of rambles on, uh, and uh, he does these shows that go on until you stop him, basically. So I think I maybe did like an hour and a half um, in the top of the bus, and it's very weird, sort of like disassociative sort of stuff, really. Mm. Um, yeah, I probably pick Jolly Goodfellow. All right, I'm gonna have to look him up on YouTube. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be on YouTube, but um, I don't know. His pull quote on his poster was, uh, this guy has a good voice uh, from Matt Groening. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> uh, creator of The Simpsons. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. I remember him. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really funny. And yeah. for anyone that's listening right now, like, how do they find out about you guys and about the shows you're doing, your online work, and how do they get in contact? Uh, at the lovely boys comedy is the uh is the main route that's facebook and instagram mm-hmm. um don't try and contact us on twitter we don't use it no um, no uh and you can see us yeah Live. yeah 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 we're doing a edinburgh run at just the tonic in the caves at half five the full thing and also we've got a bit of a tour of previews before so if you're not going to edinburgh we might be coming to where your city is, hopefully. You could always catch us then. Right. So, guys, that's been Joe Kent Waters, Mikey Bly Smith. Mm-hmm. Got it all correct. <laughs> uh, hope you guys enjoyed them. Um, you know where to go if you want to find out about them. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe. Give us a five star view on Amazon or iTunes. Um, uh, Oh, oh, so if you 
donate to the Patreon if you have any money. No, <laughs> no. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'll see you guys at the next episode. Um, have a good evening. See you soon, guys.